Then the lights went out. There was a brief, manly gasp, which was almost immediately drowned out by the shrill, theatrical screech of my sister-in-law Harriet. The nun was dead. The ensuing investigations were quite good fun, with Reginald blushing lest he should cause offence to anyone by implying even fictitious guilt, and the corpse rising from the dead to demand a glass of port. Geoffrey was the only one shrewd enough to guess that Natalia, who had remained impassive throughout, had committed the dastardly deed. He has a fine legal brain. Mother slapped him on the back so hard that he nearly choked on his brandy. At midnight, there was a cheerful ambience as we clinked our crystal champagne flutes. Harriet threw off her wimple. Reginald attempted to dance, with the jerky motion of a shot crow plummeting to the ground. Even Mother managed to smile. The evening may have been a success, but I went to bed for the first time this year with the memory of that curious masculine gasp ringing in my ears long after old Lang Syne had faded. Wednesday, January the 2nd. Forgive me for going on a bit yesterday. I don't know what got into me. The ease of tip-tapping away on this new laptop must have gone to my head. I haven't even introduced myself yet. My name is Constance Harding. I am wife to Geoffrey, a senior partner at Alpha and Omega. Mother to Rupert, a 25-year-old IT consultant, and to Sophie, a slightly directionless adolescent, who will shortly be returning to her gap year project counting sticklebacks at an eco-lodge in the Ardèche. I am currently sitting in my favourite apricot-coloured Regency-style chair in the drawing room, typing on the computer which Geoffrey gave me for Christmas, and Rupert obligingly set up with the necessary software. While I write, I am attempting to peel off a small obstinate Alpha and Omega sticker, which Geoffrey must have affixed to my gift in an absent-minded moment of corporate loyalty. Our home is a comfortable five-bedroom Georgian house, located on the outskirts of a pleasant village in Surrey. Our community has a green, a pub called the Plucked Pheasant, a church called St Mary's, a florist, a newsagent, a restaurant and a post office. In short, it is quintessentially English, with the exception of the tea shop, which has unfortunately been converted into a faux-Italian, chrome-furnished café selling biscotti and lattes. This information will have to suffice for now. I will not be more specific, lest rampaging hordes of internet users trample my snowdrops, smash the French windows, and steal the candlesticks. Such things occur. I have read about them in the Daily Telegraph. Thursday, January the 3rd. Geoffrey was in a funny mood this morning. He hardly paused to kiss me goodbye as he hurried off for the 722 to Waterloo, leaving behind two toast crusts smeared with marmalade and half a tepid cup of Earl Grey. Perhaps he is sad that it is time to return to work after the Christmas break, and that Sophie will be leaving for France soon. Or perhaps he is simply irritated by Natalia's increasing slovenliness. 
Despite my reprimands, she keeps leaving her underwear to dry in his study. Cluttered house, cluttered mind, I have always said. No wonder he looked so distracted. To make matters worse, the undergarments in question are made of some sort of unpleasant black polyester material. I worry they may melt and mark the radiators, which I only had the handyman re-gloss last autumn. I will have to have words with her again. Anyway, after Geoffrey had left, I put the dishes to one side for Natalia, poured myself a coffee, and went to sit in the conservatory to read a magazine. I'm not the idle type, but I don't believe in denying myself life's little luxuries either. I had just finished a good article on the resurgence of floral wallpaper, of which I approve, when I spotted an advert in the classified section that shocked me to the core. It was for something called Illicit Encounters.